What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode, I broke down for you how to implement nutritional phases. This is the the 30,000 foot view, but then I also got a little uh, tactical with it, but exactly how to implement nutritional phases so that You can see the results you want in the most sustainable way possible, and you can stop falling down into this trap of seeing progress, losing progress, then starting all over again, and then making progress, and then losing progress, and starting all over again. Get out of that cycle. Understand how to phase things appropriately so that you can create the long-term success that you desire, so that you can create the sustainability that you desire, so that you can actually enjoy the process and have your forever plan. And if you can, do me a favor and please help spread the word about this podcast. Let us know if this was helpful, if this was useful. Um, One of the main things that I keep talking about, one of the main things that I keep coming back to uh, is this idea of building a strong foundation for your success. Okay. So there's a parallel here because The foundation of the success for this podcast is our community. It's our, it's, it's you guys, it's the subscribers, the people that listen. So building that foundation, I want to give as much as I can to you so that we build the strong foundation. Now, when it comes to your nutrition, your fitness, your wellness, the foundation, it's the habits, it's the daily actions that you take that serve you for life. We're talking about moving your body. We're talking about drinking water. We're talking about eating veggies and protein and not dieting all the time, not starving yourself. You know, We're talking about managing stress and getting quality sleep. Um, those are the foundational items, which is why we put so much emphasis into building that, that foundation because it serves you forever. I always say you, you can only build a skyscraper as high as the foundation will allow. So if we prioritize those foundational pieces, you will absolutely be more successful you will act, you will have a lifelong process that you feel good about versus just a short-term quick fix. Now, if you need help with the foundational items, that's the part where I would look at what is the area that needs the most help, right? Okay, so we understand that movement is important. Are you are you getting out? Are you getting some steps? Are you walking each day? Um, we understand that nutrition you know, quality is important. Quantity is important. Are you eating your veggies? Are you getting in protein? By the way, if you need help getting veggies in, investing in something like green juice from Organifi is a amazing option because it's like your insurance policy. If you know you struggle with getting veggies in, well, fill that void, fill that void, get some green juice from Organifi. It is the best quality that I've ever had. Um, You know, again, I haven't tried every green juice in the world, but I can tell you that when it comes to the product, the, the ingredients that Organifi uses, it's second to none. So get yourself some, some green juice from Organifi. If you struggle with something like sleep, get some you know gold juice from Organifi. Make sure you have a sleep routine. Make sure you have a wind down routine. But then when it comes to these foundational pieces, that's not the place to cut corners. That's the place to truly double down where you know, I've been I've been talking about this. Mel and I, we are obsessed with the gold juice, especially the chocolate flavor, but even the regular gold juice is amazing. So get yourself some gold juice so you have that wind down routine. You're able to shut off your brain 
um, amazing ingredients that they utilize in all of their products, all natural, never any fillers, never any fake stuff. It's only real ingredients using adaptogens, using you know mushrooms like reishi and turkey tail, um, ashwagandha in their green juice. Um, we also have the hookup for you guys because I believe so much in the foundational pieces. I went ahead and hooked you guys up with a 20% off deal at Organifi for all of their products. They have an amazing line of products. So you can go to Organifi.com slash popfam, enter code popfam for the 20% off. That's Organifi.com slash popfam, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash P-O-P-F-A-M and put code popfam at checkout. But guys, don't slack on the foundational pieces. A lot of what I talk about here is, is phasing things. It's like getting into the nitty gritty details. Success will always come back to the foundation. Just like I said, the success of this, this podcast will always come back to the foundation of this audience, this community, you guys, that's, that's the foundation. That's where I put all of my effort. So for you guys, putting most of your effort into the foundational pieces, moving your body, strength training, quality nutrition, eating enough, uh, managing stress, prioritizing sleep, drinking water, like eating veg, all those things that we talk about, that's where 90% of your focus should, should be. And then of course, there's some little like, you know, tricks of the trade, advanced metrics that we can get into, but you kind of have to earn the right. So please, as you listen to this discussion on phases, please keep that in mind. What I was going to say before I went on this tangent was, if you can help me build the foundation here, then I would appreciate it. And and you can do that by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes. You can do that by posting this, you know, take a screenshot of the episode and post it to your stories and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. Um, You can share the episode link with a friend or family member. All of those ways are perfect and I appreciate it. Thank you for helping me grow my foundation and the podcast foundation. Now go out and crush your foundation and enjoy the episode. All right. Welcome everybody who's tuning in on the podcast. This is a random Tuesday night edition of our live training. Normally it's Monday, but with travel, I had to make the adjustment because we live by the code adjustments over excuses. I could have used it as an excuse to not do the training, but that's unacceptable. We make adjustments. We switch days. That goes for everything in life. That goes for your training. That goes for your nutrition. That goes for your mindset. There's always an adjustment. There's always a reframe. There's always a change in perspective that can deliver a different outcome if you just choose to view it that way. So I like to I like to walk the walk. I don't like to just talk and preach and say all of these things. I like to do the things that I talk about. So adjustments over excuses. Here we are. It's Tuesday. It's five o'clock Eastern, a little bit after five. And I wanted to talk about something that has come up relatively frequently, especially lately. And you guys know I like to pay attention to what's going on around me. I like to spot patterns and trends. And one of these patterns that I've been noticing is the idea of nutritional phases. When I've been doing the podcast Q&A, and getting a lot of questions like, tell me exactly how to set up my macros for a metabolic priming phase versus a fat loss phase versus a muscle building phase versus a maintenance phase. And right, all these different phases that we talk about through our nutritional periodization. And if you don't understand that concept, just for like a high level view, 
The bottom line is that your body, your metabolism is built to adapt, right? That is what your body is designed to do. It's built to adapt. Why? Because it wants to keep you alive. And being able to adapt is one of the best ways for survival. It is an asset that we have, this brilliant machinery that is able to adapt to the inputs and outputs that we feed it based off of our environment, based on what's going on internally, but also the external environment around us. Our body is really freaking smart. And an example of that is when we reduce calories, when we try to lose body fat, when we make an active effort to lose body fat, we reduce calories. What happens is your body adapts by letting go of stored energy, right? You actually mobilize stored energy and you oxidize it. So you're, you're getting rid of that stored energy, which is just body fat, right? Body fat is nothing more than stored energy. And that's a, a simplification, but for, for all intents and purposes, that's what's happening. You're mobilizing that stored energy for use and you're using it and then you lose body fat. That's one adaptation. The other adaptation that occurs, and, and there's, there's many, but one of the other adaptations that occur is that your metabolism downregulates because you're feeding it less. So if there's less energy coming in, your body starts to recognize that and it downregulates, slows down your metabolic rate because it's helpful for survival. If you are not getting as much energy coming in, if there's not enough nutrients coming in, well, it makes sense that you don't want a really fast metabolism. It makes sense that we should slow down our metabolic rate in order to survive. It makes sense. It's logical. It's practical. That's why it happens. It, there's also some adaptations that occur with your hormonal profile, um, neurotransmitters. A lot of these things are all basic ways to preserve energy to keep you alive. So why, like as a female, if you lose your cycle when you're dieting, why does that make sense? Well, it's an energy costly process. It's also not really safe when there's an abundance of stress on your system to bring a child into the world. So all of these adaptive mechanisms come into play and all of it comes down to survival. So the reason I say that is because when we talk about periodizing, when we talk about phases, it's to avoid negative adaptations. It's to avoid the consequences of chronic stress and these adaptations that occur, if they go on for too long, the consequences continue to escalate. So what might seem like a minor adaptation, right? A minor adaptation would be you start to get a little bit more hungry. Like you start to get hungrier, you're, you start to get more cravings. Uh, maybe you start to notice that your mood is a little bit off, like you get cranky a little bit easier. Those are minor adaptations. But then if we persist and we continue to deprive our body of the nutrients and energy that it requires over a long enough period of time, now we start to get into more significant adaptations like maybe cortisol dysregulation, maybe your thyroid is suppressed, maybe your immune system is suppressed and you get sick more often. Um, your metabolic rate goes pretty low and it doesn't recover right away. So your, your maintenance is a lot lower than it should be. Um, all of these things can be pretty dire. And, and again, if we continue, if we continue, then we start to run into issues with maybe like 
blood sugar dysfunction, um, insulin resistance, you know, uh, we get into, you know, different levels of HPA access dysfunction, like all of these different things that are no, no fun, no bueno. You don't want to deal with that. It's not a good time. So that is why we talk about phasing things. That's why we talk about periodizing your nutrition, periodizing your training. Uh, it's why we talk about metabolic priming so much. It's essentially to avoid these adaptations from getting too um, getting too damaging, but also because you want your body to function optimally. You want to feel your best. And if you want to feel your best, it makes sense to do things in phases. Now, rather than just talking about it, I thought that, or rather than giving you like the, the surface level perspective, I thought that it would be helpful to kind of dive in and give some tangible examples so you can understand what that might look like for you. Now, the first thing that I'm going to say is in these hypothetical examples, and I will be pulling from actual, um, you know, people that we've dealt with, client examples. I'm not going to mention names or situations. I'm just going to give you examples. I'm, I'm going to assume that you are coming in from the starting point of chronic dieting. And in, in some sense of the word, I don't mean that you're like, you know, always um, like that it's super significant, but I'm just assuming like most of our clients, you're coming with some diet history, with some background and, and experience in trying some fad diets, trying some restrictive programs, trying some extreme measures to lose weight. And that's going to be my assumption because we can talk about it from either direction, but most of the time, the people that we work with come from They've tried a bunch of things in the past. They're still not where they want to want to be. They've they've restricted calories. They've done the twelve hundred calories. They've done other programs. The you know Weight Watchers, Optavias of the world. They've done the you know restricting carbs. They've done intermittent fasting. They've done a lot of things and and have found themselves back at square one um, with a lot of frustration, feeling like nothing works for me, feeling like you know why is my body trying to rebel against me and. And again, so I just want to paint the, the perspective and the picture from our most common instances. And that's why I'm coming at it from this angle. So when we talk about phasing things, assuming that you're coming from that starting point, we always look at the first phase as a priming phase. Now, the cool part about that is you can actually be uh, somebody who's coming from the opposite end of that, where you maybe are chronically overeating. But a priming phase is still going to be effective because priming doesn't mean that you're simply adding more calories. In fact, priming can mean that you're reducing calories. Priming is going to be applicable based off of the individual. So when we do a metabolic assessment and we understand your starting point, priming is what is the path that we need to take so that your body is prepared to respond to the desired result, right? Your body is prepared to respond so that we can accomplish that desired result. Now, I'll give you an example of where missing this step can be so damaging and so frustrating. Let's say that you are that individual who has been chronic dieting, you've tried a bunch of extreme things, and your metabolism has adapted. And then you come and you're like, I want to just lose body fat. I'm just going to go right into a fat loss phase. 
and you start eating 1200 calories, but let's say that your metabolism was so adapted that your maintenance is sitting at 1400 calories. Well, you're in only in a 200 calorie deficit. You're not going to see much progress. Then your body's going to adapt to 1200 calories and you're going to be like, what the hell? I'm eating 1200 calories and I'm not losing any weight. What's going on? Why is my body broken? It's not broken. You just haven't taken the time to prime your body to respond. The analogy that I've mentioned on here a number of times, but I'll say it again, that's like showing up to a race in a car with no gas and you're like, all right, let's go. I'm going to win this race. Time to step on the gas pedal. No, you're going to lose. You're not going to move anywhere. That is what happens when you come in and you ignore the fact that you need to prime your body to respond. Again, if you are coming in from the background of chronic overeating, priming your body to respond can mean taking stress off of your body in the form of eating less calories. It can be improving food quality. It can be moving your body more. It can be solidifying some habits like drinking water, or maybe, uh, you know, maybe you're somebody that relies heavily on, you know, drinking soda and sugary drinks and alcohol and, and taking some of that away or reducing the amount that you're consuming, that can be a stress relief. That can be a way to prime your body to respond to accomplish the result that you're trying to accomplish. Now, the most common instance that we see is the individual who comes to us from a background of chronic dieting, under eating, and there's really a lack of consistency because oftentimes the under eating is met with overeating. So there's this kind of all or nothing cycle. There's this restrict and binge cycle. There's really no balance or consistency. So when we prime, it's not just getting your metabolism back to where it should be, but it's also getting your habits and your consistency and your mindset back to where it should be. All of those things I group together in the definition of priming. It's not just a reverse diet. It's legitimately priming. There's no better word. I, I, if, if there was a better word, I would use it. It's literally getting your body ready to respond. That's the best way that I can describe it. So that typically in 99.9% .9 of cases is going to be the most important first phase of the process. Now, how does that look from a time perspective? And of course, it depends. For a lot of individuals, it's going to take three months or longer. And that's just the nature of everything that you've done in the past to get to that point. So it really depends on your diet history, your current metabolic state, um, your personality. There's certain things that give us an idea of how long it's going to take. For most people, three to four months seems to be the average amount of time that it takes where we're really confident that your body's going to respond the way that we want it to. So, and the reason, and you can kind of get an idea of why I can't just give like specific macros when we're talking about this because everybody's different. I don't know your starting point. I don't know anything about you. I don't know your activity. I don't know, you know, there, there's so many different variables that come into play, but the, uh, the specific objective is we want to see signs that your body is ready to respond. What are those signs that we look for? Well, we look, we look at biofeedback. We look at what is your body communicating? The best way to know if your body is ready for something is to listen to your body, right? We can make all of the guesses we want, but I don't like guessing. I like to know for sure. I like to take the guesswork out of the equation. So what do we look at? We look at, okay, well, first of all, where are your calories in relation to your, your kind of anticipated or projected maintenance? 
So we kind of get an, a sense based off of all of your individual variables. We kind of get a sense of where your maintenance should be. And we want to get pretty close to that and see, okay, we've gotten to a place where your body is maintaining, like you're not losing, you're not gaining, you're just kind of staying the same. And we found a good place where we're hanging out. We're seeing that body composition is just kind of staying the same on average over a you know a couple of weeks. So first of all, we want to get pretty close to your projected maintenance. And then we want to listen to biofeedback markers. What are your energy levels like? What are your hunger levels like? What are your cravings like? How's your mood? How's your sleep? How's your stress? How's your digestion? How's your sex drive? How's your focus? How's your mental clarity? How's your performance in the gym? How's your recovery? Right? So we kind of get this idea of what is your body communicating? Are there any major red flags that would tell us your body is not quite ready to respond? And the red flags can come in many different forms if you're, you know, really stressed. Like even if we're seeing pretty good signs across the board, but you know that this is like a super stressful period right now. You're just you're swamped at work, you're dealing with, you know, family stuff or relationship stuff or whatever it may be. There's just an abundance of stress. That's a red flag. We know that your body's probably going to fight a little bit to hold on to uh, to where it is. Uh, if we notice like inconsistencies with energy levels, with mood, if there's some digestive issues going on, because if there's something that's, uh, if there's some gut health issues happening, once again, it's a red flag that your body might not be quite ready to respond to what we're trying to accomplish. So we kind of look at all of these indicators and say, are we where we need to be uh, for the most part with the amount that you're eating? Um, have we seen positive signs on the biofeedback side of things? No major red flags. And have we started to solidify some of those foundational items that are going to carry you through? Because we're always playing the long game, uh, regardless of, of you know whether we're working with somebody for like a challenge, which would be like a four-week challenge, or if we're working with somebody for like our six-month one-on-one program, we're always playing the long game. So we're always looking at some of the the foundational pieces that are going to carry you forward forever. You know what what's like the daily movement look like? Um, you know your mindset, your thoughts around food. Uh, are you drinking water? Are you doing any form of self care? Do you have a sleep routine, a wind down routine? Uh, we kind of look at some of those those major anchors that are going to serve you for life, and that really is like the main. Those are like the main checkpoints of the priming phase. Okay, so we've got all of those things in place. We've got the you know the, the quantity, we've got the quality, we've got the habits. Um, you know, we we spot the biofeedback signs that are that are positive. Nothing, no red flags. We have a pretty good idea that your body is ready to respond. Then we can go into more of an active fat loss phase. At this point, a lot of people going through that initial phase will get leaner or they'll feel better or they'll just notice that there's there's certain differences in like let's say the scale isn't going down but they'll notice uh their their body composition is changing or clothes are fitting better we actually just had somebody who posted in our facebook group who's doing the challenge and she said that um she was up a pound from when she started the challenge uh which we are currently on week three so, and week three just started. So she was finished two weeks of the challenge and was like, oh my God, the scale's up a pound from when I started. But then she remembered something that I said about trying on clothes or clothes fitting better. And she went and tried on a dress that hasn't fit her in a long time. And it fit. She was like, holy shit, this is crazy. That's, you know, 
one potential outcome of going through a priming phase, but it's not the norm for everybody. Okay. So we typically have three outcomes that can happen. We can have the individual like that who gets leaner through the process. We have the individual whose body composition stays the same. And then we have the individual who gains a little bit through that process. Now, we want to do everything that we can to mitigate any you know, weight gain. If we're talking about a couple pounds, that's to be expected. Once we start to get into that like four, five, six pound mark, um, that's a red flag to me. That tells me that we're doing things either too quickly or there's some like significant um, adaptations that have occurred in the past that we really need to take a little bit more time. So maybe it's not a three to four month process. Maybe it's a six to eight month process of priming, which I know sucks for a lot of people to hear, but that's the reality. I'm not here to, to beat around the bush. I'm here to tell you what you need to hear. That may be the case. If you're somebody who have done, who has done extreme shit for a really long time, be prepared to take a long time to restore homeostasis. That's just that's just, it is what it is. You did that. You have to undo it. Okay. I was in that boat. I know how much that sucks. I still have thyroid issues from all the dumb shit that I did when it comes to my nutri- nutrition. That's just what I did. I made those decisions and I live with it. Okay. So that doesn't mean that I can't get to where I want to be. I live at a pretty lean state, even despite all of that. So it's doable. And that's why I'm talking about the importance of these phases and taking the time to do it the right way. Stop rushing the process. Stop thinking that it needs to happen tomorrow. If you truly invest in the long game and commit to the long game, it will take you shorter in the end. And that's the irony of all of this. So we've gotten to that place where we feel like your body is is primed and ready to go, ready to respond. So now we go through a fat loss phase. Now, the length of time for a fat loss phase is going to depend on where you are, what you are trying to accomplish, all these different variables like, you know, that your schedule, your stress, all these different things. But for the most part, we will look at a 4 to 12 week period for fat loss. Assuming that we're just going straight through. Okay? So, the major um, caveat to that is if I implement different strategies like refeed days and diet breaks, or if I'm doing some kind of a cycling approach, or if I'm doing some kind of a like matador approach where I'm doing a couple weeks at a deficit, a couple weeks at maintenance, now I can extend that timeline for my fat loss phase. But if you're just talking about straight through, like I'm trying to get in and get out, four to 12 weeks, and 12 weeks is a really long time without implementing any sort of a break. So I don't recommend, I've seen that happen. That's why I wanted to include that time frame because I've seen individuals go straight through 12 weeks and be totally fine. Oftentimes it's because they have a lot of other things in place. There's not a lot of stress in their life. They are, you know, either like young and and just don't have a lot of responsibilities or um you know they've just been able to establish a lifestyle that's that's pretty stress free. So that's kind of the exception and that's on the longer side. Anywhere between 4 to 12 weeks. Um, and, and we can get in and get out. With the fat loss phase, we still are paying attention to the exact same biofeedback markers that we paid attention to through the priming phase because we want to spot those red flags before they get significant. Like we, It's okay to feel a little bit of hunger, 
while you're going through fat loss. But if it starts to get too intense, if it starts to impact your decisions, if you start to notice that you have like awful cravings and you feel out of control, if you start to notice that you're on this like mood roller coaster, you're like really excited and high one day, and you're like really down in the dumps the next day, um, and it kind of keeps going back and forth. That's a red flag. If we notice that your sleep starts to suffer, that's a red flag. If we start to notice that your energy levels start to tank, that's a red flag. If your performance in the gym is awful, and I'm not just talking about like one-off situations. And I think that's important to emphasize here. The one-off situations can happen for any number of reasons. I'm talking about consistently you're noticing these things. Not like one day I was really tired. So, uh-oh, my body's you know adapting and all, and my progress is going to stall. I'm talking about like consistently for days and weeks, you're feeling a lot less energetic or you're feeling like your performance in the gym is suffering. You're feeling like your recovery is off consistently over time. That's a red flag. And that's when we would say, all right, we're going to pull the plug or we're going to implement a diet break. We're going to implement a, you know, a refeed period, a day, two days, three days, whatever it might be for you. We're going to do something to mitigate some of those adaptations that we start to spot, like these things are occurring. We want to, we want to recognize and acknowledge that this is happening and we want to do something to, to fix it. So that's kind of what we look at. And then through the fat loss phase, as long as we did what we were supposed to do in the priming phase, progress will happen. Now, progress will not happen in a linear fashion. This is another thing that I cannot stress enough. It will not happen linearly. It will happen over time with consistency. One of the things that that is often ironic and, and kind of funny to me is like, this is total anecdotal evidence. This is total anecdotal evidence. But most of the time when our clients reach that point of frustration and ready to say that this fat loss phase isn't working is exactly when the scale starts moving. I don't know why there's like some thing that happens. It's like, you know, four or five weeks in and they're like, what the hell? Nothing's working, blah, blah, blah. I'm ready to give up. And we're like, hang on, like, let's just give it another week. And then all of a sudden they're like down four pounds in a week. It, it, they didn't just magically lose four pounds of fat in a week. It was that it was a, a cumulative effect of all of the shit that they were doing before that. And it just didn't show because the scale will stay the same. If you want to know like what actually happens when you remove fat from the cell, from your, your adipose tissue, your, your adipose cells, um, what happens is it gets filled up with water. So even when the fat is being pulled out of the cell, it is being replaced with water. So a lot of the times the scale won't move. And then you kind of get that whoosh, that water flush, that the water like leaves the cell. It's like, okay, I don't think this fat is coming back in here. I think it's okay that we get rid of this, this holding, you know, this placeholder and kind of whooshes out. And then you start to see some movement. But the reality is you're going to fluctuate. You're going to fluctuate based off of so many different things like, you know, stress and your training and um, sodium and hydration and food contents in your system, digestion, all of these things. So the scale is just one metric. We want to pay attention to a lot of other things in terms of, you know, how do your pictures look? How do your clothes fit? How are you feeling internally? Biofeedback markers, all of those things will give us an idea of what's happening. So if we primed effectively, progress will happen. If it doesn't, it likely means that we didn't prime long enough or effectively enough. That could mean that we didn't 
get to a uh, a maintenance level that was appropriate for you. It could mean that we didn't spend enough time there, or it could mean that we didn't solidify some of those habits and, and some of the foundation has some cracks in them, either from a mindset perspective, from a habit perspective, like some of those anchors that really do the work, that, that do most of the heavy lifting. Uh, we haven't solidified those well enough. So we're starting to fall back into some of those default behaviors that didn't serve us. And that's why you know, progress isn't happening. So all of those things, if, if progress is stalled through a well-executed fat loss phase, it's typically because of, of one of those reasons. But if we do everything right, we will see progress. It's not going to be linear progress, but it will happen. And then from there, this is the part where most people struggle. Most people can go through a priming phase. Most people can go through a fat loss phase. It's coming out of that where most people struggle. And the reason is because they have no exit plan. And what I've seen happen over and over again is individuals lose body fat and then they're like, oh my God, I did it. And then they just like go off on their own and they lose all of their progress. Now, granted, a lot of the times this happens because the approach to get there was unsustainable. And this is like, if I, if I stress one thing over anything else, it's this. The method that you use to get there is the method that you'll use to stay there. So think about that when you are trying extreme protocols. Think about what that looks like after the fact. Think about what happens. And, and this isn't one of those situations where it's like, I'm just going to lose 30 pounds and then go back to quote unquote normal. No, because going back to quote unquote normal, you'll gain the weight back. What you do to get there, what you do to attain it is what you'll need to do to sustain it. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be as dialed in, as rigid, as strict. There is a level of flexibility that being in maintenance allows you to have, but you have to get there first through sustainable methods. So I'll give you a real life practical example. I like to enjoy food. I like to enjoy alcohol on occasion. And by on occasion, I mean pretty much once a week, Um, sometimes twice a week. It depends on where I am, who I'm with. Context is important here. Okay. So if I am trying to get leaner, I'm typically going to cut back slightly on the amount of meals that I eat out and drinks that I, and alcoholic beverages that I consume. I'm going to cut back slightly So I'm not doing anything dramatic to get the results of a fat loss phase. And once I get those results, I'm not doing anything dramatic to jump back to a previous way of of living. It's very close to my norm. It's just a slight modification that gets me to where I want to be. And then I have more flexibility as I go through this process of getting back to maintenance. And this is why I say that Doing things in phases can create not only sustainable results, but also more balance and flexibility. Because if you're not overhauling everything in your life to achieve this temporary result, if you're doing things in a way that you understand the methods that you utilize to attain it is the methods you'll have to utilize to sustain it, you'll make better decisions. If you go in with that mindset, you'll make better decisions. And then it's just small adjustments. So as you come out of that fat loss phase, as you start to increase your calories, as you start to get back to that maintenance point, you will start to 
you'll have more freedom, you'll have more flexibility. It's not going to be a dramatic shift. It's not like you go from eating zero carbs to now all of a sudden I have to incorporate all these carbs. It's, it's not this, you know, I went from eating one meal a day to now I'm eating six meals a day. It should be a very small deviation to achieve the result and then a gradual shift back to kind of that homeostatic balance. And again, if we pay attention, if we listen to our bodies, if we listen to biofeedback, we pay attention to those things, it's really not that difficult to accomplish. It's actually pretty straightforward. It's pretty simple. Most people get this wrong because the methods that they utilize to get the result are unsustainable. And then going back to quote unquote normal is like this massive shift from cutting out all of these things to then just having a free-for-all because you're like, well, shit, I just had to live by all these food rules for the longest time. Now I have freedom. I'm just going to bring everything back. And it becomes a quick trip to Fucketville. And you're like, well, that was all worthless. I just lost 30 pounds and gained back 40. It happens all the time. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just means we have to reassess the method that we utilize to get there. And this is like the, the biggest reason why when we go through our process with our clients, we start with a personality assessment. We have to know those things. We go through a whole lifestyle integration process. We have to know what's important to you, right? We have to know what's meaningful. We have to know how many drinks you like to have, how many date nights you like to have, how often do you eat out? How often do you do these things? I actually had a conversation with somebody. This was like one of my favorite conversations. Um, with somebody who who just joined coaching, if you're listening, you'll know who I'm talking about. I, I really appreciated our, our conversation because this individual is very honest about the fact that she could not figure out how to balance her party life. And by the way, her party life was, I like to go to festivals on occasion, like music festivals, EDM festivals, things like that. It's like when I do those things, I don't want to worry about what I'm what I'm eating. I don't want to worry about that stuff. I just want to be able to let loose, enjoy myself, live it up, have some drinks, have a great time. But she's like I don't know how to incorporate that into an overall healthy lifestyle. That that's such great self-awareness and something that we will and have already started working with her on um because she just joined, she just made that commitment, that investment in herself. To be like, look, I've been trying to figure this out on my own and I haven't found that balance. Like, please help me. That's an easy, because with our lifestyle integration process, we we start with those things. We're like, hey, what are those things that are really meaningful that you enjoy doing that are an important part of the process? And the exact reason why we do that is, is what I'm talking about here. The method that you take to attain it is the method that you'll need to sustain it. So let's just say she went to some other program they would be like, well, don't, don't drink like that. Don't party like that. Don't go to those festivals. You have to stay dialed in. Or if you do, you know, only drink water and bring your food with you. And they would give her all of these ridiculous methods. So sure, she would lose weight. But then what happens when she wants to live her life again and do those things that she enjoys? She'll gain it right back. And that's been her history. So she has clear evidence that the whole standard way of doing things doesn't work, which is why she came to us and why she will then have a fantastic approach that fits her lifestyle. That's the most important thing. The method that you utilize to get there is very important when it comes to sustaining those results and being able to gradually move back to maintenance, to living your life, to having that balance because we're not shifting. We're not deviating from the norm. We're just making these gradual adjustments. Now, there are always 
sacrifices that need to be made. But those making some sacrifices is very different than like completely being miserable through the process and cutting out everything you enjoy. So understand the difference there. So once we get to that point, we, we hit our fat loss goal for that cycle. We gradually get back to that homeostatic balance. Well, now we have a few different things we can accomplish. We can hang out at maintenance and enjoy ourselves. Like, let's say it's the holiday season. You're like, cool, I'm just going to chill for this holiday season. I'm going to stay you know, relatively stable and, and enjoy this maintenance period, enjoy some more flexibility and freedom. And then we we're going to hit another, you know, cut after the new year, something like that. Or you can decide, I want to build some muscle. You can decide, I want to focus on performance. You can decide that you want, you know, to uh, like, there's a specific goal. Like you want to um, run a marathon, you want to do a Spartan race. You want to do something along those lines, whatever it may be at that point, we can go in any different direction based off of the individual. If you still have more fat to lose, well, cool. We're just going to get back to that that maintenance period. We're going to, it's basically like we're going through a, a, another round of priming. We're going to continue to solidify the things that we worked on through the first priming phase. So now you're going to even be further along because that foundation has only gotten stronger. And then we're going to you know go through another quick fat loss cycle um, again, it depends on when we know that your body is ready to respond. So I don't like to play the guessing game. I like to know, I like to see the signs. I like to see the absence of red flags. I like to know that we're putting ourselves in the best position for efficient results, sustainable results that we're not overhauling everything in your life just to make this happen. Um, and this is why, doing things in in this in this way phasing things appropriately understanding your body understanding your metabolism i'm giving you the keys to the kingdom i'm literally teaching you how to fish now a lot of people will take that information and be like how exactly do i do that for myself which is a great question now if you are somebody who likes to take the information try it on yourself try to figure things out that's amazing I'm literally teaching you how to fish right now. If you're somebody who's like, you know what? That seems like a lot for me to handle. That's why we have coaching. It's very straightforward. If you want somebody to guide you through that process, if you want accountability through that process, if you want expert advice through that process, that's what coaching accomplishes. That's why it's so effective. That's why, in my opinion, it is the best investment you can make for yourself because think about how much time and energy that saves you in the long run. Zoom out a little bit and think about the big picture. Think about five years down the road, 10 years down the road. Are you going to keep trying this on your own and then landing back at square one? If you feel like that's what's going to happen, then it's really a pretty straightforward choice. You reach out, you sign up for coaching, we get you where get you to where you want to be. We send you on your way and you've got everything you need to be successful for the long haul. Or if you can figure it out on your own, then make it happen. Take action, do it, execute, right? This is it. This is the keys to the kingdom. It's very straightforward. That doesn't make it easy, which is why having the accountability, which is why having the support, the guidance is so, in my opinion, it's it's invaluable. But again, you have to make that decision for yourself. You know yourself better than anybody. So you have to make that decision based off of your own tendencies and self-awareness. But for the most part, that is kind of the overarching theme of 
Why do we do things in phases? Why is that so effective? How do we actually execute on that? And how do we make sure it's going to work long-term? Hopefully this was helpful. Um, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me for tonight. And um, let me know. Let me know if this was useful. Uh, Drop a comment. If you're on Facebook, if you're listening on the podcast, just hit me up on Instagram. It's at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And I will talk to you guys very soon. 